Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. We're going to look to Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to look at verses 34 through 36. But first, we're going to pray. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the privilege of being able to study your word together tonight. And as we study it, we invite the Holy Ghost to be our teacher and to be our guide, to unveil to our hearts the deep, rich treasures of your word, to quicken every single one of us according unto your word, that we may go forth and walk as doers of your word and not hearers only. For all that's achieved among us, we'll give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's Healing Week, and we want to talk about the subject of divine healing and health. And most importantly, we want to create an atmosphere that will make it easier for people to touch Jesus. Amen? I'll tell you what, if you have a need, all you've got to do is touch Jesus. And if you'll touch Him, you'll have your need met. And that's what we want to talk about tonight, touching Jesus. Matthew 14, 34 says, And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. We should read that about a thousand times, especially the latter part that says, and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Actually, there are many sermons in those verses of Scripture. They had knowledge of Jesus is a sermon right there. Isn't that true? They went about and got all the sick is a sermon right there. They besought him, is a sermon right there. To touch him, that's our sermon tonight. Amen. And as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. Everybody say perfectly whole. Amen. Well, we want to create this atmosphere, beloved, that makes it easier for people to touch Jesus. And the reason for that is this. When people touch Jesus... They're made perfectly whole. And that's true spiritually. That's true emotionally. And that's true physically. And it can be true financially. It can be true in every department of life. Jesus is God's problem solver. He is the, the answer to the human question. He is the solution to the human problem. And what we need to do is to learn to touch Him. Just learn to touch Him so that we can likewise be made perfectly whole. That's a pretty good reason, wouldn't you say? Amen. Well, someone says, you know, that was way back when. I mean, Jesus was right here on this earth. He was walking upon this earth. 
way back when, and if He was walking upon the earth today, it would be just as easy for us to touch Him as it was back then. Well, the thing is this, though, beloved. They touched Him physically back then, but they also touched Him with their faith. Isn't that true? It was not the physical touch or the physical contact they had with Jesus that made them perfectly whole. It was the spiritual touch or the spiritual contact that they had with Jesus that made them perfectly whole. And, of course, we can prove that by many scriptures. Those that thronged him did not get made whole, but when the woman with the issue of blood did, she was made whole because Jesus said, somebody touched me. But her touch was one of faith. Her touch was a spiritual touch. And as a result of that spiritual touch of faith, she was made also perfectly whole. But what I want to point out, beloved, to us today is this very fact. Then they could contact Jesus physically, that is in the natural, because He walked upon this earth in a human body. But their touch is not and could never be as complete as our touch with Him today is. You say, why? Well, beloved, because Jesus has more to offer this side of Calvary than He had on that side of Calvary. Our union with Him, beloved, enables Him to provide more for us than He provided for them back then. You see, today we can touch Him in a way that unites us in a closer union with Him than what they had back then. Theirs was nothing more than mere physical contact, but our contact with Him unites us with Him and to Him just like the branch is united to the vine. That's a close union, wouldn't you say? But you see, they couldn't have that experience back then because they weren't born again. Jesus hadn't died yet. Jesus wasn't resurrected from the dead yet. And so if we could possibly touch Him now, that union that we have with Him would enable Him to provide a whole lot more for us. So, beloved, it's our privilege to be able to touch Him in that particular way, even tonight, in our lives, allowing Him to do a greater work in us than He did in them back when this was written. We can receive more from Him right now than they could receive way back when. I want you to turn with me, if you would please, to John's Gospel in chapter 8. Well, before we look at 8, look at verse, or chapter 16 first, then we'll go to 8. But John chapter 16. The touch of faith today enables us to tap into all the vine has to offer. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. All that Jesus has to offer is in the vine. We are connected to the vine being the branches and the branches have access to tap into all the resources of the vine. 
In other words, we can now, because of our union with Him, tap into all the powers of His spiritual life. We can receive all the full blessings that God has to offer now on this side because ours is more than mere contact. Ours is union. Union was not provided under the Old Covenant. But union is provided under the New Covenant. We are now attached to the vine and we can receive all things that pertain to life and godliness. And the promise to us is not just the life that is to come, but also the life that now is. And so as we learn how to tap into all these resources that He can provide for us, then we can walk complete in Him and fulfilled in Him in every department of our being, whether it be spiritually, emotionally, physically, or in any other way. So, beloved, it's important that we understand that although Jesus is not with us in the flesh, His being away from us actually provides us with a whole lot more. As a matter of fact, in John 16 and verse 7, He Himself said, It is expedient for you that I go away. In other words, it is more profitable for you that I depart and go away. Because, you see, if I stay here, I am limited as to what I can provide for you. But if I go away, then the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, is going to be sent to you. And when the Comforter comes, can you see this? Jesus then enables us to be under the control of the miracle worker himself. By His going away, by His departure, by His ascension and seating at the right hand of God the Father, we have access to the Spirit of the living God who is the miracle worker. And with the miracle worker in our lives today, all the work of God can be fulfilled. Profitable means it's to our advantage. It's to our benefit. He didn't say that it would be unprofitable for you if I go away. So the point I want to make and reiterate is that His being here in the flesh would not help us any more than it helped them when they were here in the flesh. So to those who would say, I wish Jesus was here so then I could touch the hem of His garment, they have limited themselves in God. They have limited the work of the Lord Jesus in their lives. Because He has a whole lot more to offer now that He has ascended and is at the right hand of the Father God. And so now we can have union with Him and by that union we can have a whole lot more that God has to offer. The Holy Spirit of God is also here to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. He is here to make Jesus real to every single one of us. He is here to point the way to Christ. How can you touch someone 
if no one points you to Him? How can you contact someone if no one directs you to Him? Someone says, if I could just get to Jesus, the way to Jesus is revealed to us by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is in the earth today to direct us, to order our steps, to unveil to us the proper steps that we are to take so that we can make that vital connection or contact or union with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you see, it's to our advantage that Jesus has departed. You think about it. If Jesus was still in the Middle East right now, it's a long trip to touch Jesus. Isn't that true? It's a long way to get there. And wouldn't you know it, by the time he got on your airplane, by the time he got over there, he probably came to the United States to have a revival. And so you get back on another flight, you come back over to the, to the States, and he just left. He's going over to Sweden. So you get on another flight, you're flying over to Sweden, you're going to touch him. Well, the Lord told him to go over to, you know, the Father told him to go over to uh, Italy. My goodness. Among other things, you're broke. <laughs> and stuck somewhere, you know. See, if Jesus stayed here in the physical, that wouldn't help all of us. He would be very limited as to how many He could help. And so it's our benefit and advantage that Jesus has gone. But beloved, just because He's not here for us to see with our eyes and touch with our hands and handle that is of the Word of life, we are not to think that it's harder or more difficult for us to touch Him. We can still touch Him. It still requires a touch of faith. He is more accessible to all of us now that He is seated at the Father's right hand. He doesn't leave. He's always there. He's not out to lunch. He's not out on a revival somewhere. He's not taking a nap. He's always at that same place, praise God, and so we know how to contact Him, don't we? See? And the Holy Spirit is here to guide us, to help us touch Him with our faith. But we've got to allow Him to do it. Well, how does He do it? Well, here are certain steps I believe that we are to follow if we are going to touch Him with our faith. I want you to turn with me over to John's Gospel in chapter 8. You're close by. The first step that everyone is to take if they are to receive healing, deliverance, or anything from God. The first step is the step of knowledge. If you wanted to come up here and shake hands with me, and that's touch, you know that, you'd have to climb these steps, wouldn't you? I wouldn't recommend just jumping up all the way. You might get hurt. You take one step at a time, and then you finally get up here and we shake hands. And if I wanted to shake hands with you, I'd do the same thing. I'd have to follow these steps down and then walk over to you and shake hands with you. So it's not wrong to say there are certain steps that we are to take. Didn't Jesus say you are to follow me? Well, there are certain steps then that we have to take to follow him. Isn't that correct? And if we want to touch him and if he was over there, we'd have to take certain steps to... to, to you know, get to Him, wouldn't we? Absolutely. And so when someone says, here are a few steps that we are to take, just understand what they mean by that. Someone I heard preach 
one time said, I don't like it when they start talking about the steps to healing, steps to deliverance, steps to victory. Well, what do you want to say? We've got to use language that conveys thought. Isn't that true? And gives understanding. All we mean by that is there are certain steps that we should follow and that we should take in order to arrive at a destination. If I were to say to you, the water fountain's out there in the narthex, and if you want to get there, you've got to take a few steps. You can understand that, couldn't you? Well, spiritually speaking, the same is true. There are certain spiritual steps that we have got to take if we want to touch Jesus. And if we'll take those steps with all of our heart, I guarantee all of us, we'll touch Him. We'll touch Him. And praise God, when you do, you'll have the same results that these people did in the Bible. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Okay, John 8, 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If ye continue in My word, then are ye My disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We are to know what the Bible teaches about the will of God regarding our healing, our deliverance, our finances, our peace of mind. Whatever the case may be, step number one is always to discover the will of God in the matter through studying His Word. Finding out what He says. Ye shall know the truth. Notice it said when they had knowledge of Jesus, they went about and got all the sick folk and brought them in, and as many as touched Him were made perfectly whole. They had knowledge of Jesus. There has got to be knowledge. We have got to know the truth. Not religious tradition. Not the opinions of men. We have got to know the truth from the Word of God regarding the will of God when it comes to our healing, our deliverance, our health, or whatever that we need from Him. And of course, we're talking about healing. Well, how do we discover that? Go with me, if you would, please, to Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. Now, beloved, it's absolutely important that we have different kinds of meetings. We have got to have teaching sessions. There must be teaching sessions if we are going to have faith. See, to create an atmosphere in which God moves, there has got to be faith and power. Faith comes as we hear the Word of God. And so there has to be solid teaching in the Word of God. Amen? And then, we want to generate power. How do we do that? We do that through prayer. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Isn't that what James 5 says? Absolutely. In the Amplified, verse 16. Well, through prayer... Praise and worship, we can generate miracle power. Isn't that true? And we can also realize the manifest presence of God in our midst. So in other words, if we'll teach the Word of God, if we'll have times of prayer, if we'll have times of worship and praise, we'll produce faith and generate power, enabling, it, enabling people to have an easier access to God. 
And that's exactly what we want to do. And that's why it's important, beloved, that we take the time to do all of it. There's a time for the different, you know, things, different kinds of services. And so we want to hear what God has to say and speak to our hearts tonight. And if it's not just for you, it'll help you to help somebody else. Now, step number one, as we said, is to know what the Bible teaches for yourself. Not because somebody else told you what the Bible teaches, but you know it for yourself. I know it because I have discovered it for myself. I have taken the time to get into the Word of God, to study the passages of Scripture that pertain to my case. I have been diligent in doing so, and I have so discovered the will of God regarding my healing, or whatever it is that we want from Him. And so for ourselves, beloved, we've got to do this work. We've got to put forth this effort and energy. Too often, many have tried to act on what others know, and as a result, they have fallen in defeat. But God doesn't want that. God wants us to see the need for us to study the Word so that individually we can have access to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Word. If Jesus is the Word, it stands the reason that the first way we can touch Him is by getting into the Word. Amen? And so now here's how we can determine the will of God. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 40, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him. Well, there's a sermon right there. He came beseeching him. That's a sermon. And kneeling down to him. That's another one. And saying unto him. His words located exactly where he was at. He said, If Thou wilt, you can make me whole. You know, that was faith speaking. Someone said, well, he said if. Well, the thing is, he didn't doubt the ability of God. In other words, I'm just going to take everything I have on the inside and lay it out on the table. I'm going to be as honest with you as I possibly can. Brutally honest. I know you can. I just don't know if you will, is what he was saying. In other words, I know you have the ability, but I just don't know whether or not you will. So what I'm really asking you is this. If you will, I know you can I don't doubt you. Well, Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him two very important words I will. I will are two words that forever settle the question. Is it God's will to heal us? Yes, it is. And if you're taking notes, make note of this fact. It is the will of God to heal us throughout the duration of our lives. 
But someone says, wait a minute, I'm 80 years old. It's still God wills, God's will to heal you. It did not say until you're 79. It is God's will to heal us throughout the duration of our lives. This is something that we have got to look at. This is something that we've got to meditate and allow to soak into our spirits. No matter how old you are, no matter how young I am, it is God's will to heal our bodies throughout our lifespan. And that is something that we have got to settle on the inside of us. Say it with me. It is the will of God to heal me now. See, no matter what your age is, it's God's will to heal you. I will be thou clean. And so Jesus said these words. The words I say unto you are not my own. I speak whatever I hear of the Father. So in other words, I'm not just saying this on my own. These words have come from the Father Himself. I am representing Him. I am revealing to you the will of the Father God. Every sufferer must settle this fact. That person must know that it is the will of God for them to be healed regardless of their age. That is a major step, beloved, to touching Jesus. It's just like that first step going down. It's a very important step. Did you ever hear them say, watch that first step? It's a doozy. Did you ever hear someone say that? That means it's so long, my goodness, if you're not careful, you're just going to flop right on over on your face. Well, we don't want to take a giant step out there, way out there, and just boom, just go flat on our face, do we? No, we want to take one step at a time because our goal is to touch Jesus. And so we must settle this issue once and for all, no matter who you are, no matter where you're at, no matter what your condition is, it is the will of God for us to be healed. You say, but, you know, my situation is really bad. Well, this situation was very bad too, this leper. But he said, I will, which settles once and for all the will of God in the matter. Be thou clean. And, of course, you know the story. He was cleansed or made whole from leprosy. You see, beloved, to have faith, we must know more than God can. We must believe more than God can. We must believe God will. He will. Say this with me. If God will heal anyone, He'll heal me. That's not arrogance. That's not pride. All that is is being informed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Say it again. If God will heal anyone, He will heal me. For it's His will, see, to heal you. Well, in line with that kind of thinking, I want to make another important statement. If we find ourselves speaking one word in favor of healing and ten words in favor of sickness and disease, can you see that you have yet to take 
the first step toward touching Jesus? Can you see that? If you are saying one word about Jesus meeting your financial needs and ten words about how you can't pay your bills, can you see that you have yet to take the first step towards touching Jesus? If you say one word about Jesus being your peace of mind and ten words about how worried you are, how troubled you are, and how emotionally distraught you are, can you see that you have yet to take the first step towards touching Jesus? See, beloved, our language is our gauge. Our speech is our spiritual gauge. And if we are consumed with saying all the wrong things and once in a while spit out, but with the stripes of him. Can you see? We have yet to take the first step. That's not what we are to do. We are to consume ourselves with what the will of God is. Healing is the will of God. Deliverance is the will of God. Being set free is the will of God. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 23. In Exodus chapter 23... And once again, we go to the Word of God. Why do we go to the Word of God? Why do we read the Word of God? Because we retain a whole lot more of what we see with our eyes than what we hear with our ears. How many of you know that's, that's true? We retain a whole lot more of what we see with our eyes than what we hear with our ears. God wants us to take time to do exactly what we are doing here tonight. Speak, hear, see with the Word of God. I'll tell you what, it'll change us on the inside. In chapter 23 and verse 25, it says, And you shall serve. Everybody say, serve. serve. The Lord your God, and He shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will... Everybody say, God will. will. Who said that? Did I say that? Did Abraham say that? Who said that? Yeah, the Holy Ghost said that. The Holy Ghost said that. He said, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Notice, you shall serve your Lord, the Lord your God. He shall bless your bread and your water, and I will... Take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will. Everybody say, I will. God said, I will fulfill. So the number of your days He will fulfill. Say that. The number of my days He will Fulfill. Now say it to Him. The number of my days you will fulfill. Say it on your own. Just, just say that for a moment. Say it to God. Say it a few times. Brothers and sister, there is no doctrine in all the Word of God that is emphatically taught as much as this doctrine 
that in the atonement, God Almighty made provisions for us both spiritually and physically and has also promised to fulfill the number of our days if we would serve Him with our lives. This teaching is emphatic. It would do us good. It would behoove us to get a hold of that verse of Scripture and just hold it up before God every single day of our lives and say, Father God, I serve You with my life. I live for You. I breathe for You. I exist for You. I walk for You. I talk for You. I see for You. I hear for You. I use my hands for You. All that I am, all that I do, my entire being is wrapped up in You. I serve You with my life. And I'm talking about meaning it from the depth of your soul. I'm talking about saying it until you hear it. Saying it until I hear it. Over and over and over and over and over again. I serve God with my life. Let's forget about the benefits right now. I serve God with my life. I can't do that. I won't do that. I refuse to do that. I serve God with my life. God, the Almighty God that made heaven and earth, my Creator, my Redeemer, my Savior, I love with all of my heart. And I serve Him. So I will not do that. I will not do this. I serve God with my life. And you see, as that becomes the truth to you, you can say to God, Father, you said if I serve you and I have refused to bow my knee to anything that displeases you, you said in your word, you'd bless my bread, you'd bless my water, You'd take sickness away from the midst of me and you'd fulfill the number of my days. In other words, to those who live their lives for Him, God has promised to fulfill their days because He needs them to work for Him upon this earth. Beloved, I want everybody right now to lift your hand to heaven. Lift your hands to heaven. And say, God, I serve you with my life. I belong to you. I am yours. Unconditionally. I give you myself in spirit, in soul, and in body. I belong to you. I will not serve another. I will not bow my knee to any other God. I am yours. And you are mine. Hallelujah. Praise Him, beloved. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, you know what? He has promised to bless your bread. My bread is blessed. He has promised to bless your water. 
He has promised to take sickness away from the midst of you. He has promised fulfill the number of your days. <laughs> Glory to God. There's no greater doctrine than the atonement, than the finished work of Christ upon the cross. I want you to see, as a matter of fact, don't turn to these, just write them down. It'll take too long, but write them down. But then you look them up later. You, you write down Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, to show you what God said. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of His benefits. You forgive all my sin. Say it with me. You forgive all my sin. You heal all my disease. You redeem my life from destruction. You crown me with loving kindness and tender mercies. You satisfy my mouth with good things. My youth. My youth. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. That truth is throughout all the Word of God. By the atonement. By the finished work of Christ, we have forgiveness of sin and healing for the body. We have peace for the mind and everything that we need. And you see, beloved, as you continue to say this to yourself steadfastly, and we're going to see that in a minute, as you continue saying this to yourself, what you're doing is taking the first step towards touching Jesus. If someone says, that's too much for me. If someone says, let's just get down to the prayer line. No. You don't want to do that. that that's not what you want to do. Mm -mm. You want to touch Jesus with your faith. You want to unite with Him according to the Word. I want you to see something in the book of Numbers that is extremely important. You're close by there. Go to the book of Numbers, chapter 21. Once again, you will find the Word of God reveals to us a type of the atonement. In Numbers 21 and verse 8, And the Lord said to Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten... When he looketh upon it, shall live. Underline and highlight the word looketh. And Moses made a serpent of brass, put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Now, the word look it means to be occupied and influenced with what we are looking at. It does not mean a mere glance. 
it means a continuous, steadfast look. In other words, we are to look to the fact that Jesus died upon Calvary's cross for our sins and our diseases. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we were healed. We are to look at that. We are to focus on that. We are to consider that. We are to diligently maintain our gaze upon that apart from anything else that's taking place around us. The law or the rule was this. Whoso looketh shall live. When you're bitten, it is easy to look at your leg or at your ankle or at your arm, wherever you got bit. Wherever the serpent bit you, it's easy to be occupied with looking at that. It's easier to be occupied with that than it is to be occupied with looking to Jesus. God wants us to know that we must continue a steadfast look to the cross no matter what has taken place around us. We are not to be distracted. We are to think it. We are to speak it. We are to act it until it's manifest in our lives. And when we're tempted to look away from it, we are to resist that temptation and look back to it so that we can live. And once again, we have a revelation given to us of the will of God. If God did not want this to be in the atonement, why is it in the type? Why did He have people who needed to be healed look to the type if the antitype was not going to provide the same blessing? Well, beloved, as we said earlier, Jesus provides more for us now on this side of the cross than on that side. Our contact with Him is one of union and not just a moment's contact where we just greet Him or touch Him and then walk away from Him. It is a union that we have with Him. And so here, once again, we have a revelation. God wants us to keep a steadfast look to the cross, knowing that it's the will of God for us to be whole. And if you've lost sight of that, or if I've lost sight of that, then taking the first step is going back to it and repeating it over and over and over again until it sinks back into our hearts and our minds. Every single one of us has got to come by these steps. There's no other way, beloved. This is how we get to Jesus. Now I want you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah. And I want you to look at verse 19. And this is a revelation of the second step that we must take in order to touch Jesus. 
We must first of all settle the issue in our hearts that it is the will of God that I be whole. God wants me well. God has promised to take sickness away from me. He has promised to fulfill the number of my days. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. This is His will. This is His plan, and I'm not to forget it. Isn't that what the Word says? Forget not one of His benefits? Absolutely. Step number two, Isaiah 1, 19 and 20. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, and the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. We are to be sure that the condition of our heart is right before God. The second step is to be sure that the condition of our heart is right before God. You see, beloved, when seeking healing for the body, there should never be compromise with the devil. In other words... I'm trying to receive healing for my physical body while I'm allowing the adversary to have control over my soul. God does not want us to call upon Him and expect Him to bless us with the lesser blessing of physical health while our spiritual condition, which is the greater blessing, is questionable. Can you see that? In other words, the next step is to be certain. And only we can be certain for ourselves. Be certain that the condition of my heart is right and pure before God. That is the second step on your way to touching Jesus. As a matter of fact, clinging to the work of the devil in our soul while seeking healing for our physical body is like a slap to the face of God. God does not want us to cling to anything that is impure. Or unwholesome. He doesn't want us clinging to anything that is unhealthy and expect health to be in manifestation in our physical bodies. We must get to a place that we make a decision. It's not worth being out of fellowship with God. And beloved, trust me, this is a very important step and I'll show you from the Word of God why. In James 5, the Bible says, Confess your faults one to another that ye may be healed. Confess your faults one to another that ye may be healed. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray the prayer of faith, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. 
any shortcoming, anything in our lives that displeases God, anything that we might be clinging to that interrupts our spiritual relationship with God has got to be forsaken so that in the purity of our hearts we can make contact with our Savior, with our Healer, with our Redeemer. As a matter of fact, didn't Jehovah say to Pharaoh when he instructed Moses to deliver the people out of Egypt, did he not say, let my people go that they might serve me? Did he not say those words? He said, you tell Pharaoh that I said, let my people go that they might serve me. Well, beloved, I want you to know something. God wants us to walk pure before Him and He wants us to let go of anything that would hinder His touching us in body. He is waiting for us to get it right so that He can once again say to the devil and to the disease, let my people go that they might serve me. In other words, let Bill's body go that he might serve me. The Scripture says in Psalm 66 and 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. We are to forsake anything and everything that we can think of that would hinder us spiritually so that we can take that next step. That's that step toward touching Jesus. So that God can say, let my people go. I want them to serve me. Now listen carefully. There's another important truth here. God wants us well so that we would use our health to do His will. I'm going to repeat that. God wants us well so that we can use our health to do His will. To serve Him with our lives. We must desire health for God's glory. When we talk about making right the condition of the heart, we also mean motive. If we want well in body, it's for the reason or the purpose of serving God. If we want well in our soul, in our emotions, it's so that we can better serve God, so that we can glorify Him with our lives. If we want blessed in our finances, it's so that we can better support the work of God upon this earth and help others do so upon this earth. Can you see that? It's not so that I can do this or do that or the other. It's first and foremost so that I can glorify God in my body which belongs to God. And you see, beloved, sometimes we forget that. And we just try to seek these things and yet don't deal with hindrances. God wants our undivided attention. God wants our entire being. 
He wants us to live for Him. And that's why He instructs us to set aside those things and come before His presence with the right spiritual condition and say to Him, I want healed to glorify You, to better serve You in spirit, in soul, and with my body, with my finances, and with everything I have in this life. God wants full surrender. As a matter of fact, how many of you recall that when anyone was anointed by God to do a work for Him, that, anointed, that anointing of God came upon them and separated them unto God for His service. Isn't that true? Well, beloved, I want you to see this. You know, we are told in James 5, call for the elders of the church, let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord, right? And that anointing oil indicates separation, setting apart someone to do the will of God. Well, beloved, the very fact that we are told to anoint the sick with oil indicates to us, and you know what? When we do it, we give a little dab. It's not like bro cream, a little dab will do you. I think sometimes we should get a whole pail, bucket. If you get 50 people up here, get 50 buckets. Let's get real with God now. 50 buckets, one for each head. You get that oil, put your hands by your side. Pour that oil on top of that head. My head is set apart to serving you. My eyes, as it runs down, are set apart to seeing for you and for you alone. And seeing you and you alone. My mouth is set apart to speak for you and you alone. My ears, it gets inside there, are to hear for you and for you alone. My hands, it runs down your body. My hands are to be used for you and you alone. Get your feet. My feet are to walk for you, for you alone. You see, when you go to God that way, you're saying this. Heal my body and set me free that I may serve you with my life. And that's all that matters. Not whether I can run another step to play ball. Not whether I can do this or do that or do whatever other thing is. It's so that I can dedicate and consecrate myself and my life to you totally. Jesus died for it, and that's why I want it. Do you see the point? And you see, sometimes, beloved, we fail to really get into the meat of these things. And we want to be healed because it feels good. Who doesn't want to be healed because it feels good? I know I do, don't you? Do you? Anybody like feeling sick? Raise your hand up high if you like feeling sick. How, how many you like pain? Just raise your hand up high. You like pain, right? Absolutely. No. But, you know, that's not the only reason why we should go to God to be well. There are those that want to get well so they can go out there and live for the devil. Did you hear that? 
Think about it. God wants us to want to be well so that we can better serve Him. Glorify God in your body, which belongs to God. That's why we are to be well. We're going to close here pretty quick. My goodness. Mark 5. The woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5 gives us more light as to how we can touch Him. In Mark 5, verses 27 and 28, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched His garment. Now notice, for she said, If I may but touch His clothes, I shall be whole. That's not what I want to highlight. She came in the press behind. In other words, she elbowed her way through the crowd. If we want to touch Jesus, very often we have got to elbow our way through the crowd. Well, there's no crowd that stands between us and Jesus today. Oh, yeah. There are many obstacles and many reservations that people can have that prevent them from touching Jesus with their faith. It could be that we have to elbow our way through disobedience. It could be that we have to elbow our way through selfishness or possibly unconfessed sin or possibly double-mindedness or possibly the opinions of men or possibly the traditions of men or possibly, and we want to be quiet when we say this one, spiritual laziness. Huh? Spiritual laziness. Spiritual laziness. Oh, it's easy to do something else. That's one of the biggest problems we face in the body of Christ today. It's easier to do it another way. And if we have the means whereby to do it another way, then it's easier to do it another way. And so let's just do it another way. And not too many are interested in elbowing their way through spiritual laziness or the lies of the devil or symptoms or feelings that are in their body. Do you see the point? See, to get to Jesus, beloved... Just as in the natural, she had to elbow her way through the crowd, there's a lot of things that are crowding us out of His presence right now. You know, one thing could be not really having the right understanding of our heart motivation. That's true. I want to be well to be well. Yeah, but do you hunger to be well to serve God? Oh, it'll make all the difference in the world. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. 
I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.